Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of the Dis Unlimited podcast. I'm Craig Williams, and joining me on this virtual roundtable discussion will be Rhino. Hello. John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everyone. Erica Resnick. Hi, friends. And just to remind you once again, I'm Craig Williams. And I'll also be joining you today. Uh, We're going to have a really fun episode. We've got some Disney news to talk about later on in the show. We're going to be talking about what Disney means to us since we are just, uh, you know, one day past the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. It seems like it's a good time for all of us to sit back and reflect. And of course, we're going to be talking about what's important to us in all of our Disney worlds this week. Uh, but before we do all that, I want to remind you, this is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content, you want to support us, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money and you get the support of one of the amazing Dreams Unlimited Travel agents. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com today to get a free, no obligation quote. Uh, before we jump into everything, I want to ask my group, how is everyone doing today? Are we having a good start to the week? Yeah. The- yeah, the weather's making it nice. My it is, hey, Erica, Can one Erica person smile, please? Before we started, <laughs> it was, it's a really beautiful day in Central Florida. You can't complain about that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's 60 nice. degrees here. I know. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, the weather has been beautiful. It was uh, last week. And once again, this week, I'm going to miss when we're going back to the 80s. But, you know, rest assured. November will roll around soon enough and we'll have a couple more days like this. And maybe by January, it will finally be comfortable again. I'm really hoping for that at least. So uh, I guess we uh, want to probably jump into what's happening in our Disney worlds this week. So does anyone want to kick it off or I will myself? You're in charge, dude. Okay, well, then I will kick it off myself, too. And I already saw one comment about this, so I apologize um, because there's going to be spoilers with this, unfortunately, in a little way. But uh, the main thing that is happening in my Disney World this week that I'm very excited about uh, is the new short that was released for the 100th anniversary celebration, Once Upon a Studio. Uh, it debuted just the other night on a Sunday night, uh, the 15th, on the Wonderful World of Disney before they showed Encanto. So I know a lot of people don't have cable. They don't have access to ABC anymore, so maybe they missed out on it that night. Uh, it's now streaming on Disney Plus and Hulu, at least in the United States. So if you still haven't watched it, I, I mean, I'm sorry. There's, uh, there's, you know, it's you, you should have watched it by now. It's excellent. I was lucky enough to first see it back at Destination D23. They showed it to us there, and it was incredible. I believe the entire house was just weeping over this short and uh it's it's because it is something that is very very special uh if you haven't heard anything about it basically the premise of the short is 
Uh, on the 100th anniversary, the characters are all coming together inside the animation studio at the Walt Disney Studios so they can take a group photo. Uh, in all, there's 543 characters that come together for this short that's directed by Trent Corey and Dan Abraham. And the animation is all new and done authentic to the different eras that it was created in. And Disney used as many as they could get of the original voice actors for it. And then they also used our archival audio. Like that's how they're able to use Robin Williams's voice as the genie. Uh, for me, the standout moment is there's a little nod to Mickey and Walt. I won't get into it, but uh, just to help some of the people out there that might have spoilers, but it's, it's one of those things. If you don't cry or tear up during that part or the ending, I don't know if you're actually a Disney fan in general, uh, either that, or you're at least dead inside, but considering even I was sitting there tearing up and getting choked up, uh, I, you know, at least I know I'm not dead inside, but it's just, it is so spectacular. If you have access to it, Please watch it as soon as you can. Uh, everything that was just seen, if you're watching the video version of this, that was from the trailer. So if you watch the trailer, you weren't, you know, you, you've already seen all of that. But uh, it was, it, it, it's just, it was so, so well done and uh, a great tribute to 100 years of Disney. So did anyone else have a chance to watch it? I watched, yeah, I watched it this did. morning and, um, uh, I cried so much. It was so cute, but I was able to watch it uh, this morning and cause I saw everyone talking about it yesterday and I was like, I don't think I'm ready to see it yet, but I watched it this morning and it was definitely a tearjerker. And I think everyone that loves Disney should definitely watch it. I am. Um, we watched I, it last night. I didn't cry. I apparently know. did. Instead. <laughs> yeah. I, okay. I thought it was good. I thought it was cute. I liked it. I like. I enjoyed it. But I think everybody's blowing the emotion out of proportion. I, I thought it was Me solid. Too. The Mickey moment with Walt was weird. I thought, but like, I'm glad they included it. Like, it was a nice like, oh, the, the mouse and the creator. But I'm like, I don't know. Like, I thought it was going to be more emotional when the Robin Williams part happened, and like, I don't know. I I thought it was cute. I thought it was a nice way to celebrate 100 years. But I you. I, I saw it after all of you have said the thing about crying and everything. And I sat there and I was like, did I miss a part of this? I mean, I think that I Disney means something to different people. And for me, my gateway into Disney before the theme parks growing up was the movies. So it was a representation of all of those characters done so well. And some of the highlight moments, it balanced humor with that, those couple heartfelt moments. So I, I think just everyone's a fan in a different way. And I'm not trying to say that you're not as much, but I know, I do know for like you, Rhino, your interests well, lie in different ways. Say. I mean, I, for Rhino, I would disagree yeah. with you completely. I, my, my Walt Disney, my Disney introduction is the, animated films my grandparents used to give me them on vhs like record it like we'd always have them recorded on video like that that i don't think that that for me is just like my first memories of disney are watching disney movies with my grandparents so i don't i don't know i, I, I don't know you it just talk highly of animated movies is what i should say then okay uh, i mean <laughs> i i 
I like the '90s movies I grew up watching. Like I, I loved, I loved seeing the movies I watched, like um, uh, Rescuers Down Under, which I feel like is never represented. It's always just the rescuers. It's never Rescuers Down Under, and so like seeing Sarah in there and stuff that was cute. But I don't, I don't just cry when I see the characters that I like. I guess I don't know. I. Like the the Mickey part, I will agree. I was I was like, oh, like you know, but I I don't know. I I thought there was going to be something else because everybody hyped hyped it up so much. That I thought the sometimes. part with Walt and Mickey was very emotional for a couple reasons. First of all, it was a cute nod to Walt because it's the hundredth anniversary of the company. It's not a hundredth anniversary of a specific uh, character or an event or a theme park, but. Um, the music that was playing in the background when they do that scene is Feed the Birds. And it is well documented that that was Walt's favorite song from any movie. And he's there's stories about how when the Sherman brothers would visit him in his office, he would ask them to play that song. So I think that that was very, very touching and very emotional. And I have a feeling we now have to start pruning out the people who hate Disney from our show specifically those who did not feel emotion during watching I this. guess, yeah. How I, therapy after this. The, uh, the part of Feed the Birds <laughs> that they played in this, they did get Richard Sherman to go back in and record it in the office uh, just to have an updated version of it. So that was a little fun fact that they, they shared about it. But I love it. I think everyone should go out and watch it on Disney Plus or Hulu or however you have access to it. I guess it's still going to play in front of Wish. But that seems weird to, you know, replay it now that it's available already on such a wide platform. But then again, the Haunted Mansion is available everywhere. And uh, that's still being shown like eight times a day at Disney Springs. So I guess it is what it is. But uh, who wants to go next? What's happening in your Disney world? Um, I'll go next. Okay. So um, my little Disney moment is that yesterday I went to Animal Kingdom because my first instinct when the weather gets really nice here is to go to Animal Kingdom because uh, it actually like makes the park enjoyable. And I was greeted with a little surprise. So normally the past you know few years since the pandemic and everything, Miko and Pocahontas have been on the flotillas that go around um the river and all that at Animal Kingdom. Uh, when I walked in at the entrance, Miko was there meeting guests. And I was so happy to see him out there meeting guests. He did have um, a little bit of a line. And I did ask a cast member if this was like his first day out because I hadn't seen Miko out here like ever because, again, he's been on the flotilla. And they were like, we actually started this on Sunday and we're playing around with the idea of uh, bringing back those characters into the park uh, little by little. And then I left Miko, loved meeting him. He was so cute, so energetic. He actually like went into my fanny pack and was looking for um, like biscuits and stuff. Uh, but I kept walking down that trail in the Oasis to get towards the Tree of Life. And then guess who I see? Pocahontas. She's out and about meeting guests. And I was just so happy to see her. She looked absolutely gorgeous. And a lot of people didn't know, obviously, that she was meeting. So the line for her wasn't long because she was a little further back um, towards the end of the Oasis. But it was just wonderful to meet her. And there were so many kids that actually knew who she was. I feel like 
a lot of kids these days don't watch Pocahontas from like kids I've talked to. They're like, who? I'm like, Pocahontas. And they're like, oh, we know like the more recent characters. I'm like, well, maybe learn a little bit about Pocahontas. But so there were so many kids excited to meet her and families excited to meet her. And it just made me really happy to see them start playing with the idea of bringing those characters back into the park. And I heard the photo photographers whispering like, oh, this character um, might be found here soon. Like they were talking about Goofy and I couldn't, I was trying so hard to hear um, like the location they were talking about, but I couldn't. I just heard Goofy someday will be somewhere in Animal Kingdom. They're playing with the idea of bringing these characters back. And I think that's what Animal Kingdom has missed for a while because a lot of the other parks have brought back all their characters. And like, yeah, you had Kevin. She was walking around um, and stuff. And then Mickey and Minnie are back. But there's not really other characters to meet. And so it's nice to have these two out and about. And I hope they keep bringing more characters in. It made me happy. I love meeting characters at the park. So that's just my little Disney moment. Cool. Thank you very much for sharing, Erica. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Uh, we haven't talked about Give Kids the World in a while. Give Kids the World is having a record-breaking month this month, October of 2023. They are hosting 909 families. It's the largest ever. It's the largest number of people making Give Kids the World their home for this during this month. And Give Kids the World is asking, they started it in September, they're asking 909 people to donate $9. So far they are up to, I have to read this, I'm sorry, 575 donors, and they've raised $25,000. So if you would like to help with their most spectacular month ever, you can go to gktw.org and you can donate. So if you can spare $9, you can help them reach their goal. That makes me excited. Yeah. And Terry. Uh, awesome. That's very cool. Yeah. John, can I have you go next, please? Sure. Are we leaving Rhino for last for a reason? Uh, yes. He claims that his dogs are barking. My dogs are barking. <laughs> Does that mean your feet hurt? Wow, that went over well, didn't it? I All right, it. so here's my Disney World. My, you liked it? My dogs are always barking. All right, here's my Disney World. My Disney World is about how Disney can do things that are so completely and totally messed up that it affects us when they actually didn't do anything. All right, you following me? Disney Cruise Line, out of nowhere change their policy on placeholder reservations. These are the reservations that when you're on board and you want to book another cruise because um, there's a potential for saving money, you book what's called a placeholder. You don't pick a specific date, sailing, or anything like that. You just say, in the future, I want to sail, so I'm going to... There's my dogs are barking now, too. Um, so that you pick your cruise so that you can use this on a future date. We have always experienced that when people want to convert that placeholder to an actual sailing, they had three days to make the change and then pay the remainder of the deposit, whatever was left over from what they paid on board 
with a placeholder booking to whatever the actual deposit was. Well, all of a sudden, out of the middle of nowhere, Disney Cruise Line said, nope, you got to pay the deposit in full at the time you make the change, which for a lot of people is not convenient. You have to talk about it with your family. You have to figure out if it's the sailing you want, is the price what you want, but you don't want to lose your cruise. So Disney Cruise Line went back and forth and back and forth, and they've made an official statement that effective immediately, guests and travel agents selecting a sale date for a placeholder reservation will now have the standard three-day hold period to pay any additional deposits owed. And they're saying that this is a change in their policy, but I assure you it is not. It is how it's always been. It was just a way for them to torture us for a few days. So the good news is get a placeholder, rebook on board, get the potential for a discount. When you get home, you make a decision on when you want to travel. You can change your date, and then you have three days to actually fulfill the deposit, which is the difference between what you paid for the placeholder and what the actual deposit would be for your cruise. That's great. That's it. That's my excitement. <laughs> it How is much exciting. Fun is that? Uh, you know, I felt like my soul left my body during that for a little while. Not for bad reasons. Just it was. Yet? Yeah, it just was that captivating, that gripping. So was gripping. That's just me. Here's so. the deal. You didn't. You didn't have to live through it. <laughs> if you had to live through it, it <laughs> oh. would have been riveting. <laughs> no, it it. it I never, ever, ever, ever want to switch places with the travel agents. Uh, I know how hard they work, and I know how miserable their lives can be at times, and I do not envy it at all. So, and Disney just yeah. does weird stuff. They just do weird things. We're going to all of a sudden change this thing that's never been changed and now call it a, a new switch. I mean, we go through this all the time. It's so weird. But... The good news is we're back to the original policy. So book a Disney Cruise Line vacation, book your placeholder, get your discount, and then don't worry about the deposit for three days. Good stuff. Well, thank you, John. And Rhino, are you ready to share? Yeah. Um, my thing that I'm excited about is uh, I've been looking forward to this for a while, but on Disney Plus and on Hulu, they dropped the first five episodes of the new um, Goosebumps TV show. Uh, and I am very much enjoying it. I finished the fifth episode last night. And what's really cool about it is you could watch it and never have like read a Goosebumps book at all. Um, know anything about Goosebumps and still like really enjoy it because they're kind of doing each episode is like a different kids like story, but there's an overarching story as well. And then me having like currently rereading all the books, I'm like, they're just pulling plot devices from the books to use in the show. So like they have the haunted mask and it still works the same way and does the same thing, but it's a character that wasn't in the book. And so like you, there's a mystery for anybody, whether you're like the biggest fan or just a casual fan or just brand new to this sort of franchise. So I'm really enjoying it. It is shockingly more mature than I expected it to be, which I'm not complaining about. It's just like, there's a there's a little bit of swearing. There was some blood in the in a couple episodes, and um, like a character broke a bone in the first episode, and the bone was like sticking out of their skin. And I, I did one of those. Um, and um, there was something with worms in the one I watched yesterday, and 
It was nasty. But I was like, you know what? I like that I'm having these reactions to the show. It does feel like a show that is definitely written by somebody probably my age or older trying to write in the voice of Gen Z people. So the writing can definitely be very like over the top and exaggerated for what I imagine high school kids actually talk like. Like my friend put it a good way. She was like, it sounds like somebody who was reading like a Reddit thread or something on Twitter or Instagram. And she's like, I don't think people actually speak like this, like to each other in real life and stuff. So, uh, but that's minimal. And it's cool because I, the first episode I was like, I don't really like this character that it's about, but it shifts perspectives every episode. So like the beginning of the episode, you kind of see what happened to this one character and then it catches up to the story and then the story keeps moving forward each episode. So I, I, I like it. I'm excited to see where it goes. I haven't watched any of it yet, but I'll get there before Halloween. So just happy to see more, uh, more new content being added to Disney plus and it, it's all on Hulu too, right? Or is it just the select but episodes? I, I don't, it's uh, so five episodes dropped at once. It's a 10 episode series. So it's five mm-hmm. episodes came out for Friday the 13th. And then I believe it's just going to be a weekly episode for the next five weeks. Um, I, from what I had read is that I think Hulu was just the five episodes. And then it's supposed to just be on Disney plus because I think they were trying to use it as one of the shows to like pulling subscribers. But then I don't, I don't know. Cause I didn't, I didn't know that all five episodes would end up on Hulu. I thought it was just going to be like the first episode. So I literally, like, I have no idea. So I guess this Friday we'll find out. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you, everyone, for sharing what's happening in your Disney worlds right now. And with that, we're going to move on to our bullet point news. And we've got a few good stories here that uh, were important over the last week. Some happy, some not so much. And we'll start with uh, we'll start with the positive, because that's always a great place to start. And that's it. Last week, Disney announced that all day park hopping will return to Walt Disney world in january 2024 park hopping restrictions will be gone and anyone with a ticket including park hopping benefits can hop at any time uh, as previously announced reservations won't be needed for date-based tickets on january 9th 2024 either so guests with those tickets will be able to start at whatever park they want and then hop whenever they want uh, annual pass holders will still need a park reservation unless it's a good to go day which those will be starting in january as well and after they visit their first park where they hold their reservation then they can hop wherever they want and i mean someone listened uh, i know rhino has been banging this drum for quite uh, quite some time uh, everyone's been banging this drum i'm not just trying to single out rhino there uh, the park hopping after two o'clock stuff was just turning into pure nonsense so the fact that it is going away in january is it just feels like Disney is listening. I know they do listen, but it it feels like they're actually actually making changes in a positive way. But granted, it might have been uh, that decision might have been made because of the the upsetting stuff that we'll talk about next. But it's a step in the right direction, at least. It feels like they're really moving towards the way things used to be, as much as they can. It feels like there's been some changes that are kind of, I said this on the last show. It feels like it's they're slowly but surely chipping away at stuff that um, people have expressed that they don't like. I think, here's my prediction, 
I think we're seeing going to see a change to Genie Plus and Lightning Lanes. Not saying they're going away, not saying anything like that, but I think we're going to see something that might return to an older uh, version of what um, uh, uh, Fast Passes used to look like. Um, I think that again, Disney's listening and they're they're adjusting to what people are complaining about mostly, and this is a result of a lot of their surveys. So don't be surprised if we see a Genie Plus announcement come up, hopefully by the end of this year. Yeah, I you know we we talked about I think last week too. If they added Magical Express back, that would be huge, especially on the resort side. I know uh, uh, better perks with like early park admission would also go a long way too i mean even if genie plus lightning lane doesn't change a lot i feel like there's other things that they could do to help get back to that that feeling of old i mean there might be uh, there might be nothing that they can do for some people out there who just gave up on disney either for uh you know some of Disney's social beliefs or just Disney has pushed them too far in terms of price increases and stuff. Like there, there are some people that will, will never be one back to the company, but uh, at least for those who are still going right now, it does feel like they're getting closer and closer to that entire pre pandemic feeling. And that's, you know, that's something that I, I think anyone can get behind if you can't, I mean, I don't, if you like the park hopping restrictions, I would love to understand that. <laughs> I don't think Magical Express is coming back. I think that's too much of a logistical issue for them to sort of revert back to that. Unfortunately, I think it's a big thing a lot of people miss. Um, one of the things I think most people are upset about are the ma- extra magic hours and how limited they are. There's 30 minutes in the morning and things like that. And people are upset about that a lot. I think that's going to change too. I don't know if they're going to go back to the old way or they're going to find some sort of new thing to try um, specifically for resort guests. But that's something that everybody's kind of upset about is, you know, what is it really worth 30 minutes in the morning to get in early to a park? It's not enough time to really get in the ride you want to get in before the crowds come in. Yeah. It's you can chip away at a little bit, but I it for me, the more time with extra time, the better. Like some of the greatest memories that I had growing up with going to Walt Disney World happened during extra magic hours and, you know, late nights in the Magic Kingdom or early mornings where you felt like, you know, you conquered at least a good handful of rides before everyone else got in and, you know, then had enough time to have that nice relaxing meal at lunch and go back to the resort for a little bit because, you know, you, you had a very successful morning. So the, the more time, the better, but yeah, that, uh, uh, that one seems, you know, I would love to see it, but who knows if it'll ever happen. Um, uh, does anyone else have anything to chip in on park hopping? Now's the time. I'm just excited. It'll be back. Good. My my mom misses being able to do something at one park in the morning that she wanted to do and then go to the next to finish the rest of the day. Um, so that's really exciting that when she comes for her birthday next year, we'll be able to hop everywhere that she wants to go with no restrictions. So that makes me very happy. And like there's some days where 
you know, I'm working and Jackie would be like, can you believe this one thing just happened at this other park and it's 11 a.m. And it's like, I can't even get over there to see what just happened because um, I can't park hop yet. So it's going to be nice to to not have to plan my day around the 2 p.m. Uh, park hop. I completely agree with that. So uh, with the good, of course, though, comes the bad. And that is that Walt Disney World saw a lot of price increases, uh, including annual passes. Uh, they've increased anywhere between 30 and $50, with the Incredipass now being 14 $149, Sorcerer Pass 999, Pirate Pass 799, Pixie Dust Pass 439. Standard parking has been raised from $25 to $30 to align with SeaWorld and Universal. Uh, water parks and mini golf prices have gone up and also increased, includes Memory Maker, Fireworks Dessert Parties, Prefix Meal Prices, and Food and Beverage Prices in general everywhere. So, yeah. Yeah, we got back park hopping, but with that too, prices went up on everything else. And, you know, I understand inflation. And personally, for me, I, I think the least offensive of these is probably the annual passes because for the, for the person who uses their annual passes two or three times a year, they're kind of getting, you're getting screwed over on this one because then it just, decreases the value but for locals with annual passes i mean you throw in an extra 30 or 50 dollars but if you're going once a week you know even twice a month in that way i still feel like the value per visit is at a, a fair place but you know the food is what really starts adding up you know if you have a family of four and that prefix meal that you wanted to do went up four dollars i mean right there you're at you know you're at an extra 16 dollars just for your family to eat at that restaurant and then increase the tip that goes along with it and it just it slowly slowly starts to build up in a crazy way and yeah uh it's not not great news from that front but what do we expect? We always expect prices to go up, and uh, at least Disney went crazy with it. So the weird part is when they told me about it, the one thing that they wanted to like beat home was the parking. It's just in line with SeaWorld and Universal. Don't lose it. I'm like, I think $5 extra for parking isn't what's going to uh, get people to, to lose their minds about it. But I, I don't know. Maybe they did market research and found that the parking was one thing that people were very passionate about. But to me. You know, luckily we have the annual passes where we don't have to pay for it. Or if I'm staying at a resort, it's a free perk too. So never really has been a issue for me, but sorry for everyone else out there. So I think when you look at what's happened the last couple of weeks, it's very interesting, right? Mm -hmm. All of these discounts came out for uh, resort stays for percentage off rooms and money off of tickets and things like that for people coming and visiting. However, for those who are local, right? Cause this is pretty much the, the pass increase and the parking increase, even though annual pass holders get free parking, that sort of stuff is really what affects locals the most. So what Disney is kind of doing is saying, listen, we have to make a shift from our day visitors, our local day visitors to getting people into resorts so we're going to increase the price on one side and decrease the price on the other side and sort of rebalance that effort. Um, yeah, the food stuff is just, uh, you know, it's just crazy. And I don't know if they're going to blame it on food pricing and all of that and logistics and all of that. But 
the price of Disney food now is so outrageous that it's, it almost becomes unbearable for some families to feed their families. So that just makes me sad. Yeah. It's, we, we try to justify it as much as pro, as much as we possibly can. And every time we do, you know, a table service review or, uh, or a quick service review, we're always sitting there saying, yeah, but it's on Disney property. So you can get that. But, you know, I, it's still so expensive. I mean, I've, I, I know some people always equate it to like New York City or maybe even London, Los Angeles, but, I feel like at least when I've traveled to New York and Los Angeles, I'm not spending the same thing that I'm spending on Disney property. So it's, I feel like at least for travel destinations, it's starting to even bubble into something of itself. So uh, luckily universal, that's one, that's one way I feel like they haven't followed in Disney's footsteps. Like when, when you look at big fire there, which I feel like is one of their only true, like, upscale dining experiences they have on that property uh it's still ridiculously affordable compared to any of the disney signature meals so uh it's it's getting it's getting out of hand but i don't i don't think it's ever going to stop unfortunately and i feel like everyone just has to decide what's what's more important to them would you rather you know save more and have those important meals or start looking at off property places especially if you do have a car or okay with taking the uber or lyft because you know there's there's plenty of places that are just off property that you can uh you can definitely after you factor in the price of a ride share you know it's it it you might still save money versus what you're spending at disney sometimes it'll come close for a nicer place but you're kind of getting there but price increases they suck i don't know what else to say about it they're not fun yeah, i don't know is anybody ever happy when it happens uh, the Walt Disney Company. I think uh, there's someone in accounting there. I five hundred dollars. They didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Not problems that I've ever had. Extra five hundred dollars laying around, so no, I'm I mean, counting quarters in front of me. <laughs> even with the annual pass, yeah. If you look at the annual pass, right? I mean, Kevin and I get the Incredit Pass. It's just what we do. And you think about, that's uh, 50 bucks. It's a 50 buck increase. So we'll absorb it and that'll just be what it is. But, you know, it's like, when is going to be the tipping point, right? When can people just not afford it anymore um, to put out that kind of money, you know, for a pass or for parking or whatever it is, there's going to be a point where people just can't do it. So oh. haven't hit it yet, apparently. No, for sure. I know with I've seen some of my friends on social media saying they're getting to that point. I know for me, uh, I'm probably going to have to downgrade Kylie's pass one more now to the uh, she was at the sorcerer, but she's going to have to go to the next one down most likely just because it's, you know. 200 a $200 difference that makes that makes a big deal when it costs $350 a week for daycare so we have to start looking at those things so it it will impact us but she's probably not going to be happy about that if she's listening to this right now so hopefully she's not but uh moving on with bullet point news here the uh, candlelight processional Dining packages now available. Uh, If you were looking for Brendan Fraser, uh, I hope you got it because I know I refreshed the entire morning trying to get one of the two 
two days of him being there that I could go, but it was completely impossible. Uh, just kind of a tip for this. We talked about the narrators all last week, so figure out which narrator you want to see and kind of plan around that or the dates that you're going to be here. But you can't just book the restaurants that are available. You have to book it through Candlelight Processional. So if you're going in the uh, search function on Disney or My Disney Experience, search Candlelight Package Dining, and that will bring up the page where then you can look for the dining packages specifically and make your choices from there. And uh, if you're unable to get any of the options that you want, don't forget Regal Eagle is available for same day packages when that is available and, you know, a little bit cheaper of a price and you'll still get your guaranteed seating. So it's always an option. But yeah, I I struck out majorly this morning, but I'll still book a park reservation for those days and maybe maybe hear them from afar. Or I'll just try to keep refreshing every two seconds. I need a travel agent. You really do. Yeah. I was going to say the big the big tip I can give you is um, we found that the uh, restaurants weren't loading all at once. So if you kept refreshing and refreshing, you eventually would get more restaurants pop in. Um, because at first it was like, wait, why is there nothing available first thing in the morning? And then you realize as you refreshed, more popped in. I don't know if it's going to be a bit, that's going to be the case for the more popular speakers, but you know, just something to think about as you look to, to just get, if you're willing to get just anybody or anybody who's not one of the quote unquote big names out there. Exactly. Uh, did anyone try to get any reservations for themselves? Get lucky. I know Erica didn't. She doesn't care about candlelight processional, but Rhino, I know you had your eye on a couple narrators. Yeah, I mean, I have park reservations for Brendan Fraser and um, and one for Simo Liu, and I didn't remember that the thing's open today, so I guess I'm just going to hope for day of, or I'm just going to get in line and go sit and watch them. I, you'll get to see them. Don't worry. We'll we'll make magic happen somehow, or I'll be there with you. In line, miserable. It'll be great. You know that for Kevin Brendan, and I you got know they're lining up like the day tickets. before. Yeah. Kevin and I got to, uh, in to see uh, Anne Margaret on the night we wanted. Um, however, I was smart and I used a travel agent. I used Karen Adamakis from Dreams Unlimited Travel, <laughs> and I had her get me mine. So you know, you guys, you got a resource out there, but. I'm reading you loud and clear. I need to open up a travel agency, a competing agency, and then uh, force other people to do sure the do. hard work for me. So uh, that's a good you tip, know, John. Or be a nice guy, be a nice person, and say, is anybody, can they make a reservation for me? You know, that yeah. would be an option. Yeah, I feel less like. complicated than opening a competing agency. I, I don't know about that. I feel like when when I, I have my specific people that I reach out to for help, and uh, it's mostly uh, Tracy right now, who is uh, not in country, and then uh, Teresa. And sometimes I feel like they specifically don't answer my question for 24 hours because they don't want to help me. But uh, that's just for me. Uh, you know, when you've been obnoxious to them your entire life, you have to expect stuff like that. But <laughs> again, <laughs> Is it because I'm dead inside? (laughs) Did you tell them they were dead inside? Uh, I mean, 
Teresa, yeah, plenty of times. And I feel like Tracy has mentioned it, brought it up herself. So it's, you know, there's some self-reflection to find in there, I believe. But uh, we're going to move on to our final uh, final news portion here. And just want to mention, of course... Journey of Water is now officially open at Epcot, opened yesterday on the official 100th anniversary day. And uh, it is a process to get into it because, of course, you need virtual queue. It is being utilized every day. It's the virtual queue where you have to be in the park to actually book it. And it is going uh, relatively quickly. I mean, there's only two days to really judge it by. But yesterday, I was trying to get over to Epcot to uh, to get in the virtual queue for it. Had to go to Hollywood Studios first. And I finally saw it. virtual queue closed out around uh, it was about one o'clock. But for today, when I looked at 10 o'clock, it was already gone. So it it's insane i mean journey of water is it while it's a cute attraction and there's a lot of beauty to it i think kids will love it uh the demand right now is just so insane for it i'm not sure if the demand is necessarily uh if the demand necessarily should warrant having to have a virtual queue or super long lines there but i know everyone wants to see what's new uh but yeah factor that into your vacation if you want to see it don't just plan on strolling by epcot later on in the day and getting lucky for the time being right now uh you need to you need to kind of plan it and be there early and get in that virtual queue. And, you know, hopefully it's for later on in the day so you can see it at night versus versus first thing in the, the morning or afternoon. It's still pretty in the daytime, but something else at night. Congrats, Moana. You did it. You opened <laughs> up when you're meeting the so, It's beautiful think, over there. Yeah, you're I, the I only other it. one who's seen it, right, Erica? Yeah, I I love it. I've been I've through it, it twice now. Oh, so someone else has been through it. Do you see? I'm not the only one. It's beautiful. I really love it. And I I love Moana. I love water. So I just think it's a really nice thing. And, you know, a lot of people are probably like, why does it need a virtual queue? But it kind of does. Like, if you don't have one in place, it's going to get insanely packed in the walkways and then you won't be able to actually enjoy everything because a lot of people that are walking through it right now are still like we're all trained really to walk in a straight line and you don't have to do that here you can kind of go at your own pace and see everything the way you want to but there's still like some people with the mentality of walking in a straight line Um, so that virtual queue is beneficial because you get to have the time to explore without feeling rushed by other people around you. Um, But one day the hype will go away and then you'll get to experience it without a virtual queue. But it is such a beautiful walkthrough attraction. My only complaint I've met, we've mentioned it before on here is that I wish it exited on the opposite side and that it just wasn't a little loop because then it could actually take you somewhere else, but it's beautiful. I personally think that the virtual queue actually does 
make it seem like there's a big demand for it. And, you know, from the outside, you can see some of the portions. If you hear that it's a walkthrough, if there was a posted wait time up that said, you know, 90 minute wait for this, I don't think anyone would be getting in line. But when you have the virtual queue system, you know, you're making it feel like, oh, this this is something that we have to get. And then it's it's a it's a big thing, even for something brand new. I I think from the outside looking at it, if a lot of people saw anything over the 30 minute wait, they'd probably say, oh, I'll come back when it's a little bit slower. But that's just that's my opinion on it. I, I know Disney obviously did research on this and probably ran some scenarios with cast members and saw from the annual passes uh, previews and DVC previews the best way to handle it. But I yeah, it's for what's inside, especially being so aimed at kids. I don't think parents would wait. 30 45 60 90 minutes just for a little play time when you can walk over to the little playground that's on the way over to test track have your kids run around on that for a little while and still burn the same energy without getting wet but that's just my opinion on it uh john i, f- I forgot you did see it uh, you just didn't get to see it with kevin correct yep that's correct yeah. i had a, a special preview uh, from uh, travel industry sales, they let us see it. We actually walked through it with a, uh, an Imagineer who worked on it. It was pretty incredible. I'm not as bold as Erica. I won't go out and say I love water. I don't want to go out on that emotional limb like she did. But it was a lot of fun. Um, again, I think, you know, we also hit the nail on the head. It's really great. First of all, it's great for everybody. It's a thing that anybody can do. Um, age, height. And whatever your uh, your limitations are, anybody can do it. But it's really geared towards kids, and kids are having a great time with it. Um, I agree with Erica. I don't know why it has this weird beginning and end to it. It should be more of let's we're in the park, let's walk through this to get somewhere else. That I think would help with uh, traffic and would help with wait times, things like that. Eventually, it will be not as busy and not as bad. So people will enjoy it, especially in the cooler weather, because I don't know that a lot of people are going to get wet when the weather cools off a little bit. Um, the the amount of Imagineering that went into it was fant- is fantastic. The things you can do as you interact with the different exhibits of water. And I also love the sort of old feel Epcot about it. There's a little bit of learning. Here's something you learn about water, and here's something you learn about the life cycle of water while you're enjoying this attraction. So it feels a little old school Epcot to me. From a, a, a staging area and from a theming area, it feels a little awkward. Um, like it doesn't really fit there. But you know what? I'll get over it. Everybody will get over it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, Imagineering found a way to not let that septic diaper smell that plagues, uh, you know, all of that area. They didn't they didn't allow that to seep into the water and then, you know, make everyone walking around in wet clothes also smell like that, too. So that is that is something else. So uh, well, you cause... don't know that yet. I mean, this is early. <laughs> It's time for that water to get a lot of diaper spillage into it. I, I, I mean, I will say that, but I felt so um, when the gift shop opened up. I don't Rhino and I go in there like three times a week, so I don't know why I can't think. I just think of Connections Cafe always, but Creation <laughs> Shop when that first opened, I could still smell it 
immediately, but it took it took everyone else a while to finally pick up like, oh, yeah, that smell is coming back. That was always in uh, in mouse gears for years and years. And I know that was also a problem on the other side near interventions and, and such. So I'm really hoping it just doesn't come seeping up through the ground because it's <laughs> truly, truly disgusting. Pretty area. But don't need the smells to go along with it, too. Just give me that, like, give me the the pirate smell in that area, and I'm okay with that. Well, I believe that's it for our bullet point news. So we are going to move on to our final portion of this week's show. And we're just going to have some light chatter about, well, ourselves, because I think that's all of our favorite, uh, all of our favorite subjects here. And specifically, as I mentioned earlier, you know, of course, yesterday was the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. And the fact that the five of us are sitting here together is solely only because of the Walt Disney Company, not that my path wouldn't have intersected with Rhino, Erica, Kevin, or John in some other sort of way. But no, I, I, I wouldn't know any of them if it wasn't for Disney, as well as anyone who is sitting here listening or watching to this. Uh, it's had such a big impact on all of us and and in complete and different ways. So we figured we'd take the uh, end of the show here to just kind of reminisce about what Disney means to us and share some of our, our uh, more personal and fondest Disney memories with everyone out there. And of course, you know, if you're watching or listening to this, you want to share them always reach out to us we'd love to see it whether it's in live chat youtube comments let us know what you what what disney means to you and and some important fun memories for you but uh, who wants to kick things off and start sharing i will call on you if i have to but i'd rather take a volunteer i mean i can start i don't care there we um go. I, I feel like yeah just in life i mean my earliest memories of disney are watching like being I my I talk about it on the show a lot. My mother was a single mother. Um, and so, like, I would spend a lot of time at my grandparents' house. And I remember, like, very early memories of watching, like, Dumbo at their house and being like, this movie is a horror movie. And so that's really what got me into horror. Um, but I think uh, I, like, I remember, like, I think the first movie, I remember seeing Beauty and the Beast in the movie theater, but, like, I remember the hype around Aladdin. Like I remember sitting at lunch tables in our elementary school and um, somebody I went to school with Donnie had seen it. And I remember he was doing impersonations of the genie. And I was like, this genie, you say, what are his powers? Like, you know, and, and talking about it being so little. And then also my aunt and uh, my aunt's best friend taking us to see it and being like 15 minutes late to the movie. So I had never seen the beginning of the movie where, Jafar, where the Cave of Wonders collapses at <laughs> the beginning is where I, I walked in the movie theater. So, like, I remember when we got that on VHS, um, I remember being like, there's, like, 15 minutes of this movie we didn't see. And just being, like, kind of blown away by that. And then someone broke into my house and stole our VCR, and so I lost that movie. But, uh, um, but like, you know, my great-grandmother, she lived down in Florida when she was still with us, and we would visit her, um, and we'd save up, like, money um, by collecting, like, sorting through all the soda bottles and, um, you know, picking them up around everywhere and, and taking them to the, um, there was like a facility, you know, and they'd give you, you know, you get five cents for 
for bottle. And we all had these envelopes um, that were that lived on my uh, grandmother's bureau. And, you know, the goal was to get to $50 because $50 was basically the ticket. Like that was what we were told was our ticket or we could use that for souvenir money. Uh, but we had to like pay our way a little bit. And so, um, you know, I would always after dinner or anything like that, I would like run into my grandparents garage and like try and go through the bottles and separate the plastic and the glass and the cans and everything. And, and, um, and then, uh, I, I just, I, I love, it's funny. Like I, I know a lot of people talk about having like specific memories at Disney world, like, Oh, meeting the characters or doing this thing or doing that thing. And like, I just remember it's just was like the journey of getting here and like being with my like grandparents or my mom when she would be able to come and like, and, um, you know, I, I, I have the right behind me here. If you're watching this, you can see the, the, this little pumpkin guy, my grandparents have always had those my whole life. Um, and I always love that, like, cause my grandmother's favorite ride is, um, is carousel progress. And so I would always do that with my grandmother and I was like, grandma, they have your pumpkins, they have the pumpkins. And so, um, it was like two years ago. I, I asked her like right before the pandemic, I was like, can I have one of these pumpkins? And she actually gave me two. So they're, they're up here, but it's like, you know, they're still with us. They're about to turn 90, but it's just one of those where I'm like, it makes me smile. And then I came down here to um, finish school after my great grandmother had passed away. And um, I started working at Disney. That was not like intentional. Like I didn't mean to, I didn't come here to get a job at Disney. I, I, I was actually going to work at borders still. And, um, I ended up there and I remember I, I grew up in a very small, um, like farming town. And I just remember the first day of work at Disney, like meeting people from like, I think it was like six or seven different countries and just being like, this is so cool. Like my world just exploded. Like I get to meet, you know, all these people like from Haiti, Turkey, um, and you know, like one of my really good friends from England and, 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 and like Brussels. And it was just it was one of those things where like, it's funny how Disney can be this access point that sort of like expands your world in this like beautiful and amazing way. So I've, I've met some of like my best friends in my life, um, you know, through this experience. And, and it's just, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing, you know? And it's like, as we age, I feel like we experience stuff differently. You know, like for me, when I was a kid, it was, it was, it was the cartoons, you know, it was, it was, you know, I loved Aladdin. I love Mulan. I, I, I love the, the Lion King was one of those like incredible movie theater experiences for me when I was like nine years old. And, um, then it, it sort of, you know, and I've always loved Mary Poppins. Like there's a video of me out there in a diaper singing, um, uh, making my brother be, Mary and me singing to him and who knew the foreshadowing that was happening in that moment. But I used like a two by four I had found as my like umbrella and, and or a cane to walk around and be like, we're going to do the turtle part. And, you know, we bounced on the turtles and, and stuff. And so like, it, it's just like, I, I think like a love of filmmaking sort of comes a little bit from that too. And, and uh, I just love how like the older we get, the more it can change, you know, the more we can, you know, we can say like it was the movies that accessed. And then for us later, it was about those rides that were like being in the movie. And then, you know, for me now, I feel like it's more about the vibe of like when you're in the park, like I love like people who dress up and I love, you know, the Disney bounding. And, and I love being able to just like as a local for me, that's my perspective right now is like sitting there like it was such beautiful weather. And I went there yesterday and filmed a video with Denny and and it was just like it was one of those things where we just had a conversation about like, you know, when there's good weather, this is where I want to be with like a good friend like you in a place like this that I love that we can just like sit and enjoy and slow down and you know, and it's nice to be able to have that access to that, you know, right now. And, 
And I'm sure when I move away from here and probably don't live somewhere where I'm near a park, it'll be a new perspective. Like, how do I travel there? How do I experience that? You know, and so it's just it's kind of this ever evolving thing that stays with you your entire life, which is really cool. It is really cool. And uh, I believe Aladdin was the first movie I remember seeing, Disney movie I remember seeing in theaters, too. Uh, It was at the Clearview Mall Cinemas in Butler, Pennsylvania. And I believe we would have either went to Arby's or Ponderosa Steakhouse before and after. So I just wanted to make sure I truly like date myself to that time period. I mean, Arby's are still around, but I don't think Ponderosa survived and made it out. You know, it's one of the... The big losses, like Chi Chi's. I believe but. Ponderosa, I believe the one that was outside of Disney Springs that was bare, near like um, near the CP house, sort of like the 417 area. I believe it's like an emergency, like um, um, what are those called? The the not doctor's office, but not emergency rooms. Uh, an urgent care. care urgent <laughs> yeah, care. it's like an urgent yeah. care, but it's still in the shape of the Ponderosa building, the point where I can see where the sign was that said Ponderosa. Well, Ponderosa, we'll miss it. Gone forever. But uh, Kevin, why don't you share uh, what Disney means to you? Uh, Disney changed my life. My mom and dad brought my brother in here, my brother and I, to Disney World in 1971. We were here in December of 1971. There I am. That's us. I would kill to have those pants, actually. Um, (laughs) So you were gay back then. (laughs) Out of the womb, gay. Um, (laughs) We stayed at Daytona Beach, and I've told this story before. My mom kept stopping at payphones. And all of a sudden, I could it, it was on a causeway. I could take you to the causeway where she was jumping up and down. And we joked because we thought she got stung by a bee. And what she had done was she had gotten us two nights at the contemporary resort. She had been trying to get a hotel reservation and we didn't have money in 1971. We had, um, they had taken a loan out of my father's credit union and we were staying in Daytona. And because we didn't want to pack up all our stuff, we actually paid for the two nights in Daytona and the two nights at the Contemporary. And I have a receipt. It was $27 a night to stay at the Contemporary. We stayed in the garden wing. It was the garden wing that is gone now because of Bay Lake Towers. But we were there around Christmas time. And my family had never been away at Christmas time. So we were quite amazed by the fact that there wasn't snow and cold. However, Christmas still was happening. We also sent a picture of my mom on Main Street. And we were just mesmerized by the fact that Santa was still here and the reindeer were still here. But I had grown up going to Wildwood, New Jersey on family vacations. And to me, that was the most magical place on earth. And I can give reasons for that. I think it's because my family was all together at the same time and we did fun stuff and there was a beach and there was a boardwalk. And then we went to Disney World. And I think my allegiance changed. I remember being 11 and 
saving every penny and trying to plot and plan about how I was going to get back to Walt Disney World. And we went back in 1973, and I was two years older. I was 13. And one of the things was my mom and dad felt Disney World was safe. And while they would hang out at the pool, my brother and I had passes. And there was, at that time, there was a monorail that was an express monorail, meaning it didn't stop any place but the hotels and the park. And we were allowed to go into the Magic Kingdom by ourselves. And it was the most amazing freedom. I mean, you still had ticket books at the time, and you had to use your tickets wisely because you didn't have any money to buy more tickets so we wrote a lot of the free stuff i remember writing if you had wings over and over and over again because it was free so as i got older i then started plotting about how i was going to move to florida because i wanted to live here and when i finally did i had my mom had a real long conversation with me and she kept saying to me you know you're going to have to get a job you can't just move to Florida and go to Disney World all the time. But by that time, I had decided that Florida was where I wanted to live. And I've never regretted it. I still love Disney. I approach it differently than I used to. I go to Disney and I don't care if I get on a ride. I use it sort of as a park, where people, like Central Park in New York. Some people just go to enjoy the park. Um. You're talking about your first movie being Aladdin. My first movie that I remember seeing in a movie theater was Mary Poppins. And you had to buy a ticket like it was a theater production. Like if you were going to go see a Broadway show, you buy a specific ticket for a specific day. And I remember that we went to the Palace Theater in Albany, still there, um, and saw Mary my grandmother took me and we saw Mary Poppins. and. I think I've seen most of them since. Some of the newer stuff I haven't seen, but I am I am a Disney fan for life. Are y'all still there? We are. I'm, I mean, I'm listening we intently. Are. It's a nice so. story. Yeah. Yeah. I just, from, you, me, so. I just got a text from Teresa who said she's she w- wishes she was on this show because she'd be crying over everybody's stories and, and sharing stuff. So, However, she also told me to uh, stop it and that she is not dead inside. I am just dead inside. Just to Craig, do you have a picture clear. of my mom that you can show? I, I do, yeah, right here. It was a little funky, but yeah. It is a little funky. It's because I took a picture of a picture. Um, my mom was a big girl all her life. And this was 1971. And she had eaten salads and walked and did everything she could. And she still thought she was overweight. And if I look back now, my mom was a bombshell. Um, but these are, these are some of the best memories I have. It's great so pictures. I love that. Uh, the only, uh, the only thing I want to point out is that, uh, one of our, uh, one of our great people in chat did the conversion for your $27 hotel room, and it would only cost $205 today. So Disney is a little bit up above inflation there, which is outpacing inflation. <laughs> I have the receipts to prove that. Yeah. Uh, can you do a price match? Put a whole book together. Yeah. 
Sorry. Yeah. I think I t- take the receipt and be like, hi, can you please match this price? So <laughs> let's hold them sure. to target and other shopping stores standards but uh john why don't why don't you share your memories with us now so uh you know obviously disney has completely changed my life um i did not uh, visit disney until i was in my 30s but as a kid it was always there it was always um the wonderful world of disney on Sunday nights, and it was always Disney movies. My first movie in the theater was actually Rhino, um, Rescuers Down Under. Was the first oh, time. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a cool experience for me as a kid. Um, and um, I don't remember this, but apparently when I was younger, I had written uh, a book report or a report about who my hero was, and I wrote that my hero was Walt Disney. Um, visiting my father many years ago, he had said he had saved it and he had showed it to me that I had created a book report or a report about Walt Disney being my hero. Um, I don't have it today. I wish I did, but his house was cleaned out. Uh, apparently it got misplaced. But from there, you know, it's, uh, Disney is, you know, everything that's been en- encompassed in my life for almost 30 years now. My career, um, how I interact with people where I've met most of the people in my life who aren't either friends from high school, college or uh, family I know through Disney. And I think that to me is what is my connection to Disney now is the people I know and the experiences I have that um, just have sort of fulfilled my life that it's not about having to get there and be the first one to ride a ride or, um, you know, get there and own a a popcorn bucket of a certain kind or something like that. It's really about um, the connections I've made and the people that I've had a chance to interact with and the things I've had a chance to do. Um, Listen, here's the deal. I recognize above and beyond personally how incredibly lucky I have been because through the travel agency and through the Diz, I have had a chance to do some pretty spectacular things. Uh, be the first to stay at hotels, be the first to exhibit, to go on rides, um, see shows, travel, all because of Disney and, and the things that that has afforded me. So, uh, you know, there's no there's no moment in my life that doesn't involve some memory of Disney, whether it's um, traveling abroad our trips to Italy, our adventures by Disney trips, which I treasure greatly. Um, And then there's also some of my memories of sort of funny moments. Could you give a picture of of Kevin I'd like to share? Oh, good. Yeah, that's for when we did the Star Cruiser. We got invited on the Star Cruiser. And I told Kevin in the gift shop that he could have anything he wanted. I would buy him (laughs) anything he wanted. Needless to say, he walked away with nothing. Um, <laughs> and now you're missing out because he could have resold that on eBay. <laughs> we could have been billionaires. Collectors. <laughs> and then there's, then there's the people I've got a chance to meet who I never would have met in my life. There's a picture of uh, our Disney rep, Stacy Ray. We were at a uh, travel agent convention uh, for the launch of the 100th anniversary, and it was became Minnie in their garb but it was great to, to meet her there. You know, just all sorts of great stuff. And then there's sort of this peripheral thing that happened. 
for the people we got a chance to meet and be a part of their lives in a weird way. Um, the fact that we become friends with Jody Benson and she has done many things with us and for us. And she's been a spectacular friend. Um, we were just in Disneyland and Kevin had a chance to meet Michelle Visage from RuPaul's Drag Race. So it was kind of like this weird thing where you sort of like, you never think you're going to meet somebody or interact with somebody. And then all of a sudden it, it happens to you and it's only afforded by what I've had a chance to do with Disney. Um, yeah. I mean, the people I've had a chance to work with over the years, uh, the people who've been with our company, those, oh, there's Teresa. Yeah. Gonna be mad. So it's got to be a Teresa picture. Um, so it's, it's about sort of those connections with the people. And I think now the thing I get the most out of, I want to go back a minute. I didn't get a chance to finish my, my sentence. The people who I work with now and the people who I've come in contact with in the past who have come and gone, you know, all play a major role in what our business is today, but also in who I am as a person. So I take all that with me. But I think my the most important thing I think of my connection to Disney right now is how important it is for me to make sure that others are experiencing these things, that we want to make sure people are going to the theme parks and people are enjoying themselves and getting to the resorts and going on the cruise ship and going on adventures by Disney. Yes, it's my business. And yes, it's how I make money and how I pay the people who work for me. But... It also is what I feel is kind of my calling now at this point in my life, that it's important for me that we do that for people. Um, we want to make sure that we are able to provide them with something that allows them to afford that at any level possible. We don't discriminate. We don't say you can't, if you don't have a certain amount of money, don't book with us. We really want to make sure everybody has that opportunity. So I don't know how else to express what Disney means to me, it's kind of everything. You know, it's uh, everything everywhere all at once is what it is for me. So oh, I hope I was able to express that. <laughs> I, yeah, I think you did that very well, John. So uh, beautiful, beautiful words. And uh, Erica, I believe that leads us to you. Okay. Um, unlike some people, there wasn't a definitive moment that Disney came into my life. It's always been in my life. Um, I didn't send this picture to Craig, but I just found it. This is from my first trip to Walt Disney oh, World. No. I was I was 18 months old. So Disney has always been like three weeks ago. Part of me. <laughs> that was in 1997. So the year after I was born. It was actually the week that Princess Diana died. We were at Disney and my mom remembers it like it was yesterday. But Disney has always been my everything. I've always been the weird Disney girl from elementary school all the way to college. Like I've just always loved Disney. But the one thing is I started dance classes when I was five and I started watching all the shows at Disney, the parades, everything. And I really started thinking about how, you know, when I grow up, I just want to make people smile at Disney. I want to perform at Disney and I just want to somehow bring Disney to life for other people. And so, you know, every year I would go twice a year to Disney and I became the strict 
planner once I got to middle school and I said, we're seeing this show, we're meeting this character, we're doing this, that, and that. Our trips were always based around entertainment. And then um, it really came, like my dreams came true when I was in college and I did my first college program audition and I got picked right away to be a performer for Walt Disney World. Um, and that was something I never thought could happen. You know, after being told by people I wasn't talented enough or this, that, and the other, it only took one audition for me and I was able to go work for Disney. And the reason why I got so emotional watching the Disney 100, you know, short that came out is because I got the opportunity to bring some of those characters to life for guests and have them meet their favorite characters and really bring that magic to them. And that will always stick with me as why I love Disney so much and the way that it has impacted me the most, which is why I I love character dining. I love meeting characters. I love entertainment because that shaped who I am today. And I know I'm only 26. I have a lot more life to live and a whole other different person I can become. But I know that like Disney entertainment is always going to be at the center of who I am. So being able to be part of Disney entertainment for the little time that I was um, really impacted the rest of my adult life. And when I was a kid, you know, it was just a dream. And that's the one thing Disney always taught me was to keep holding on to that dream because eventually if I, I dreamed hard enough, it would come true. And it did for me. And I'll always hold that with me. I'll always be so emotional to the fact that I'm a performer. I have this way. I have like every character I've ever, you know, been friends with always around me at all times. Like I got stitched back there. Um, It just, it was life changing and I'll always carry that with me. And, you know, I've had a million family vacations where DVC members and I I hold those memories very close to me. My grandfather just passed away um, about a week ago and all I've been thinking about was that trip we took to Vero beach when, um, I was really young and how we spent so much time together and it was just beautiful. And those memories will always be there and they'll always make me feel like I'm not alone, that I still have my family with me. But the biggest impact it's had on me is being able to perform at Disney and make other guests feel like their dreams came true, being able to interact with that character. So that's kind of why Disney is so important to me. Um, Thank you very much for sharing, Erica. Uh, I will keep mine very brief, as I know, uh, you know, unless you're commuting right now and you need extra time to listen to us. uh, Everyone else probably has other things they want to do than hear me talk. Everyone else was great. I just need to point that out. It's just me. Who cares about Craig? But uh, I, you know, I share similar stories to everyone. I already said, you know, I saw Aladdin in theaters when I was young. The VHS tapes were always surrounding us growing up. My parents paid the extra money for Disney Channel. So that way I could be a kid raised on TV. And uh, it just it, it was always around in between the trips that we constantly every other year were taken for most of my childhood, you know, took some time off here and there, but always made it that much more special when we were able to return back to it. Uh, I, it just Disney always 
I feel like was a way to help connect. Uh, it connected me closer to my sister. Uh, it even weird moments. My dad is very much like me. I don't, I don't think either one of us is really that emotional. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I've seen him emotional really until Rory came along and he got to unleash his inner grandpa. But, uh, for, like for me, at least growing up, like even like one of those times that we could connect in a way uh, beyond, you know, going to uh, going to penguin games, uh, pirates, baseball games, stuff like that. Uh, it's it, there was one specific moment where we were watching Disney Channel and they were playing one of the uh, retro Disney specials, the one where Kurt Russell was like the host of it. And they were getting a behind the scenes look at the Haunted Mansion. And as we're sitting there watching it, he was sharing how he watched that when it was on live. And it was like one of those things that just like it always stuck with me. And, you know, I always won being connected with my mom. I always wanted to ride the rides with her when we were here together. Uh, you know, it just it so connected to family in all that way. And then meeting Kylie at Universal, but she didn't seem like a theme park fan. And luckily, she has stuck with me through my Disney craziness. And I feel like that's had an impact on her, too. And she's found a new love for Disney in that way, in a bigger way. So I got lucky there. But I now know that, like, I now understand what everyone was talking about when they're also saying it's different when you see Disney through the eyes of, you know, kids, family, whatever, because now us being able to share Disney with our son, it, it's just been beyond incredible. And like being in Disneyland a couple months ago when we were all out there having his first Disneyland trip, seeing how the characters just interacted with them, it it took it all to the next level and is it, it's imprinted on me in a way that I will never fully be able to to describe or explain but I, I i know it's there it's always going to be there no matter what form disney has in my life it's it's always going to be present all the way through the end so thank you everyone again for sharing all of your special memories i truly enjoyed hearing all of them and i bet that everyone out there listening and watching did too so uh that leads us to the end of the show does anyone have any last second things they want to plug before we say goodbye just that patreon after show Yep, we'll uh, we'll see all our Patreon supporters once this show is finished. Uh, check out all of our other shows that we have currently right now. You know, we have our dining shows that we release pretty regularly, starting to throw in uh, more quick service dining reviews too, because we've been getting a lot of requests for them. So you'll see more of that. Uh, Universal, of course, uh, on the audio side, connecting with Walt. Uh, don't forget about connecting with Walt. Michael Bowling's awesome history episodes out there. And you can find that on all major podcast platforms. Uh, we are having frantic emails back and forth between Elaine, Jackie, myself, and John. DCL show is going to be coming back very soon. So get ready for that. And I'll even tease over on the Dreams Unlimited Travel channel. You'll see some content popping up there real soon with uh, 
Some uh, more specific topics that we've gotten a lot of requests for, more on the uh, the parental side of things. And that's all I'll say for right now, in case our little pilot show that we record ends up being a disaster. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I didn't want to say it, but John will uh, say it for me there. So, uh, yeah, uh, we'll... We'll see all our Patreon supporters real soon. Don't forget about Dreams Unlimited Travel. Get a free no-obligation quote on your next vacation today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. If you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Leave comments, questions, video suggestions in the comments section. If you're listening to this, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us ratings and reviews when possible. But on behalf of our entire Dis Unlimited team here, I want to say goodbye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and watch this week's episode. But that leads us to the end, or should I say the beginning of your future. Goodbye.